0: Thank you, Sarah. Would you stand with me as we read from God's Word this morning? Turn first to the book of Exodus, and then be ready to turn to the book of Deuteronomy as Pastor Bruce continues the series on the Ten Commandments. This morning we look at the Fifth Commandment, and often us as parents, our favorite, honoring our parents in an age of disrespect. The first verse we'll look at is Exodus 20, verse 12, then over at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And over in Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 16, this is on page 106 of your Pew Bibles. Honor your father and your mother, as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for your word, Lord, and your commandments, Lord, to teach us how to live, Lord, may we be respectful of our parents, and Lord, as parents ourselves, God, may we uh, just delight in raising our kids and showing them your word, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Well, if you have a bulletin, why don't you grab your insert there where it has the Ten Commandments listed. It looks something like this, and as you know, in this series that we've been in, in the Ten Commandments, one of our goals is to learn the Ten Commandments. and we, So each week we're trying to provide you some tools to help you uh, do just that, and one is the insert, and then the other tool is the little three-by-five card that actually has the, uh, the scripture verse of each commandment. In fact, the verse is listed there in different translations, depending on which translation you prefer to memorize it from. But what I want us to do is, is, is to go ahead and, as a congregation, as an audience, recite the Ten Commandments together, to verbally say them, to kind of help us again to memorize them, to know what they are. So are you ready? That was pathetic. Are you ready with me? Yes. All right, okay, good deal. All right, here we go. On the count of three, and we're just going to list them, re them, you know, all ten of them. So one, two, three. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother. Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Number ten, you shall not covet. All right, pretty good. I hope you're, hope you're trying to memorize these. Even uh, you know, get your kids to memorize them with you. Uh, one of the things we do at our dinner table is I kind of ask the boys and we we review the the, the ten commandments and uh, each commandment that we've been talking about each week. Ask them what it means and and just have them recite it and whatnot. And the dinner table is a great place to do that as well. So take advantage of that for yourself personally or even as a family. As we continue in this series and as we come to commandment number five, which I like the way Kirk began in our scripture reading, often are the parents' favorite command. Right? I like that, Kirk. I noticed that. Let's begin with this question. And the question is in your notes coming up on the screen, and that is, would you like to enjoy a long and abundant life? Would you like to enjoy a long and abundant life? Now, it may surprise you what is actually required to enjoy a long and abundant life. Based on the fifth commandment, you know it's, it, to enjoy this, then just keep God's commandment to honor your father and mother. Keep God's commandment to honor your father and mother if your hope, if your desire is to enjoy a long and abundant life. The fifth commandment says in Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And then Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, adds this phrase to the commandment. In fact, you may have noticed that in Deuteronomy 5, the commandments are repeated again. Uh, and in 16, it adds, that it may be well with you. Now, this, as Paul, Apostle Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter 6, this is the only commandment that comes with a promise out of all the ten. And in context, for the children of Israel, it's a promise given to them specifically. That if they would honor father and mother, God would grant them a long and prosperous life in the land ...that God was given to them, what we frequently call as the promised land. But the command here, I believe, also has application for us as well, even today. You know, why should we honor father and mother? So that we might enjoy life and not be weighed down with bitterness. That's one reason why, that God gives us. So we might enjoy God's blessings through the days of our lives and not come to destruction at the end of our life, or even in the middle of it, because of the decisions we've made and choices we've made that have gone against our parents' teaching and whatnot. Now, we'll get into this a little more, and I'll explain this a little more in detail, what it means to live, how to enjoy a long life, an abundant life, to to reap the rewards of this fifth commandment. Most of us are somewhat familiar with this commandment. Uh, In fact, many of us probably grew up hearing that honor your father and mother equals children, obey your parents. And that's kind of how we equate the uh, commandment. That pretty much sums up the depth of our understanding of this commandment. And although that is a correct understanding, may I suggest to you that it is woefully incomplete. And so what I want us to do in the beginning here is I want us to frame this commandment with three crucial observations. Notice the first observation. Number one, this commandment is for adults, not just for children. So let me just blow that myth out of the water right up front here. Most people think this commandment is addressed to children and only for children. But this is not children's church in the middle of the Ten Commandments. It is not as if we have nine grown-up adult commandments, and then all of a sudden in the middle we come to a kid's commandment. This commandment is not just about obeying father and mother, lest we bear their wrath. And it's not merely to keep us from running out into the street or playing with fire or sticking paper clips in electrical outlets. The fifth commandment is about honoring father and mother And believe it or not, it's addressed primarily to adults. And it's interesting to note that there's no time limit on this commandment, and there's no age limit on this command. And yet, at the same time, as we come to observation number two, this commandment recognizes that respect for authority begins at home. It begins at home. Augustine emphasized the importance of this commandment by posing a rhetorical question when he asked, if anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? Presumably not, because the relationship between a parent and a child is the first and primary relationship, is the building block of any society. And so it's no exaggeration to say that if we do not respect authority at home, we will probably not respect it anywhere. Now, in many ways, God's plan for preserving the family calls for keeping the fifth commandment. And the placement of this commandment shows the special importance of the family in God's eyes. When God gave us the ten commandments, he wrote these commandments with his own finger in two tablets of stone. And traditionally, the first four commandments are distinguished from the last six commandments. So the first four commandments deal, uh, as we've already learned, with our relationship with God. And the last six commandments deal with our relationship with one another. And if we analyze the Ten Commandments in this way, then the second stone tablet would begin with the fifth commandment. The fifth commandment would be at the top. This is significant because in telling us how to treat one another, God starts with what? The family. He starts with our home life, in our relationship with our parents. But what if you come from a family that's woefully dysfunctional? How do you keep this commandment then? Well, that leads us to our third crucial observation. And that is this commandment is meant to be obeyed regardless of your parents' faults and failures. There are many parents who are, if I could say it this way, quote, unworthy of honor. And you may have had lousy parents growing up. Unfortunately, many children grow up with parents who are absent, or abusive, or cruel, or manipulative, or neglectful. Or maybe your parents split up when you were a kid. And now you're asking yourself, as we come to a series like this on the Ten Commandments, how can I honor my mother when she cheated on my dad and left us to pursue her, quote, happiness in life? How can I honor my father when he's an alcoholic and abusive when he drinks? Am I supposed to just ignore the pain and the scars, put on a happy face, and pretend everything is hunky-dory? Well, no. You're not supposed to pretend. God doesn't close his eyes, and God doesn't ignore the pain parents sometimes cause on their children. He understands the hurt. He understands the pain many children endure, and it does not escape his notice. So no, God does not expect you to pretend your parents were perfect. But listen, God does expect you to honor At a minimum, their position of parenthood. The fifth commandment applies, get this, to all of us. It applies to those who have good and godly parents. And it applies to those who have lousy, ungodly parents. God didn't list any exceptions, exemptions, or special considerations. It does not say... Honor your parents if they deserve it. It does not say honor your parents if they treated you right while you were growing up in their home. It simply says honor your father and mother. The reality is we all come from dysfunctional families. You realize that? Everybody does. It's just a matter of how dysfunctional your family is that you come from. We all come from dysfunctional families as a result of living in a fallen world filled with selfish and sinful people. There are no perfect families, no perfect parents, and no perfect children. And that's why we all need God's saving grace to redeem us. So perhaps... As we come to this fifth commandment, perhaps a better question to ask is how can I see the wrong my father and mother did and still find a way to honor them? How can I obey God's fifth commandment despite growing up in a dysfunctional family? Now, with these observations framing our commandment here, let's begin to dive into this. What does it mean? How do we apply this commandment today in the 21st century? Notice this, honoring my parents in an age of disrespect. I want to address, first of all, parents. And then I want to address us as children. And then lastly, I want to address both of us as parents and children. So let's look at parents first. Number one, parents, be honorable by fulfilling your role as a parent. In other words, parents, make it easy for your children to obey this commandment. You play a part in that. While God commands us to honor our parents because of their position of parenthood, listen, there is no denying the fact that it's more motivating to honor the parent when the parent is worthy of honor. So, parents, listen to me. There is a sense in which, if you want your children to honor you for more than just your position as a parent, then you must be honorable by fulfilling your role as a parent. And the question becomes well, what is my role as a parent? Well, it's not just to raise useful citizens for society. It's not just to raise the next generation to a point of maturity, and it certainly is more than just getting your kids to move out of the house before they turn 30. It includes, yes, the role of a parent, the responsibility. It includes to love for your, your kids, to care for them, to provide for them, to nurture, to protect, and these are all necessary and important aspects of our role as parents, but what is a parent's role beyond meeting their physical and emotional needs? What is the parent's spiritual role? Well, I think we could sum it up in, two, in a twofold fashion. If you want to be an honorable parent, notice this here with me. First of all, honorable parents disciple their children in the Lord. Honorable parents disciple their children in the Lord. Listen, parents have a God-given responsibility to teach or to disciple their children to know God and to serve God. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, that parents are to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And this is a role for both father and mother. Solomon says in Proverbs 1.8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. So what should we teach our children specifically? Well, God says, listen, teach them about me first and foremost. Teach your kids about me. Teach them about my works, my wonders. Teach them about my truth revealed in my word. Psalm 78, 4 through 5 says, We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, and the wonders He has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established a law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. And perhaps you're wondering about now, okay, that's what I'm supposed to teach, but when am I supposed to teach my children about God and His works and His truth? Well, concerning all that, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 says, basically, teach them at every opportunity you have. Every opportunity you have. Listen to what it says in verse 7. It says impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, teach your children about God, his truth, his works, his son in the natural course of life. Take every opportunity you can to do so both formal opportunities and informally. God's role for parents is not only, listen, is not only just physical reproduction, but spiritual reproduction in the Lord. Because when it's all said and done, what's most important in the life of your child is, do they know God and do they serve him? Have they given their heart over to the one true living God? As we have seen in the very first commandment. Billy Graham's daughter, Gigi, I love it. She she strips away all the trivial and she raises to the surface the eternal when she said, The only thing parents can take to heaven is their children. You think about that for a moment. So, parents, (laughs) me included, If we want to be honorable parents, worthy of our children's honor, then we will disciple them in the Lord. Number two, second of all, honorable parents discipline their children for the Lord. They discipline their children for the Lord. Now, this is not an option. It is a parental responsibility to discipline our children. A fact revealed in Scripture and yet often ignored by parents and ridiculed by the so-called experts in our culture today. How many of you think parents are too lenient and permissive with their children? Yeah, yeah. Listen, this is interesting. In a national survey of this question, 63% of U.S. adults strongly agree that parents today are too lenient and permissive with their children. Now, the reason children need to be disciplined is because can I just say it bluntly? They are sinners who possess foolish attitudes and actions that are contrary to God's will. Your child may look cute and innocent, but let me tell you, that child is a sinner whose heart is filled with foolishness, the Bible says. Don't believe me? Check out Proverbs twenty-two, fifteen, 15, where it reminds us, listen to it, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction will drive it far from him. And I know there are some parents here thinking, my child's the exception. You don't know my child. My child's the exception to the foolishness that's bound up in her little heart. And I say to you, you are one naive parent. Listen, open up our eyes, get a clue. The goal of discipline... The goal is to simply drive away or to remove the foolish attitudes and actions that our children possess. Every child needs to learn cause and effect. You understand what I'm saying? Every child needs to learn cause and effect. And what's happening today in our culture, we have removed the effect from our children. They cause the problem, but they don't endure any of the consequences. We protect them, we shield them from it. They must be taught the difference between obedience and disobedience. Disobedience brings what? It brings consequences. The pain of discipline. And obedience brings freedom. And when I say freedom, it's the idea that that child can now be trusted more. Listen, this is something my wife and I are constantly constantly hammering home with our two boys. I mean, all the time. And we kind of explain it to them like this. You know, as a child, your life is really, really simple. It's really simple. It's not complicated. When you obey, life is grand. Life is great for you. You build trust with your mom and dad. And trust is a great commodity between a parent and a child the more trust you have the more freedom we extend to you because we trust you you're responsible but when you disobey you break trust and there are consequences and of course there's different levels of those consequences and we try to explain to our children especially Tyler and Jack now and Jack even now especially as he's getting to that age where he wants more freedom in our neighborhood playing with kids spending the night at kid's house, that Jack, all it takes is one time breaking trust. In one moment, you can break trust, and it takes a long time to rebuild it. Listen, don't don't do your child a disservice by not teaching them cause and effect and the difference between obedience and disobedience. Parents, here's a question to ponder for us. How much do you love your child? How much do you love your child? What kind of question is that? Of course I love my child. No, I'm not asking do you love your child. I'm asking how much do you love your child? Because the Bible teaches that parents who love their children are parents who discipline their children. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Proverbs 23, 13 through 14 exhorts us to see the big picture when it comes to our role as parents, when it says, do not withhold discipline from a child. Don't withhold it back. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. So what happens if we as parents fail in our responsibility to discipline our children? Well, as parents, we stand in a position of authority that ultimately, get this, points our children either to God or away from God. That's a heavy responsibility. As Calvin wrote, God calls us to himself through our parents. We learn to be subject to God by learning to be subject to our parents. And parental discipline teaches us how to be disciplined by God the Father. Do you know what he's saying here? You know what the principle, in other words, if we, don't, if we rarely discipline our children, and if our children rarely learn to receive discipline from us as their parents, then they will never learn to receive discipline from their heavenly Father. How they respond to discipline is also key. How they respond to you when you get discipline. Because if they don't learn to respond to discipline properly, more than likely they will not respond to discipline from God properly. We have a huge responsibility. We play a key role in the development of our children spiritually. And especially in their view about God the Father. No wonder Proverbs 19.18 says... And I love it in the Living Translation. It says, discipline your son in his early years while there is hope. If you don't, you will ruin his life. So parents, I ask you, how much do you really love your children? If you love your children, you will discipline your children. That's just the bottom line. So parents, if you want to be honorable... Then fulfill your role as a parent. Because honorable parents disciple and discipline their children. Now we come to the heart of the fifth commandment. The one where we, most people tend to focus on, and that's the children. And by the way, do you realize you're all considered children? Good. Here we are, number two. Honor your parents regardless. Children, honor your parents regardless. Regardless of what? regardless of how well they did or didn't do as parents, regardless of their faults and failures, their sins and weaknesses. Now, again, listen, it's easy to honor your father and mother when they are good, godly people. There's no doubt about that. And, and as most of you know, my father and mom uh, are here. Are part of our church. My dad was the pastor here of this church for 31 years. And I have, I God's more than gracious to my, me and my brothers. We, we come from good, godly parents. Good. And, and it's easy, in a sense, to honor them. But I realize that is not the case for every person here. Some of you had parents who deeply hurt you, leaving you with scars that only God can heal. And I want you to know that the Bible says there is severe, severe judgment For child abuse, mistreatment, neglect, molestation, and all these things. Jesus said it very sternly in Matthew 18, 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me, to stumble or to sin, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck and that he may be drowned in the depth of the sea. So what does God expect me to do? Well, he's not asking you to gloss over everything. He's not asking you to deny the pain, to repress the hurt, or even to make excuses for your parents. But God does expect you to honor your parents regardless of how well they did or didn't do as parents. The fifth commandment is very clear. There's no ambiguity here. There's no black and white here. As children, we are to honor our parents. And in honoring our parents, get this, we bring honor to our heavenly father this word honor it is a heavy word literally the hebrew word for honor means to be heavy or weighty to honor one's parents is to give due weight to their position it means to treat with dignity because they carry a heavy weight of god-given authority as parents so we could say it this way to honor our parents is to treat them with a ton of respect. Now, if the fifth commandment is all about honor, then the opposite of honor is what? Dishonor. And just as the fifth commandment requires respect for parents, so it forbids showing them any disrespect. If parents are, quote, if we could say it this way, heavyweights in God's eyes then we should not treat our parents as lightweights as if they didn't matter or don't exist so how can we honor our parents as young children and even as adult children who have now moved out of their house we have our own families how do we do this how do we put this commandment into practice well let me focus on two different scenarios let me focus first of all on young children who are still living at home and then focus on adult children. Number one, as a young child or teen, I honor my parents by obeying and respecting them. Honoring my parents as a young child and teen is largely manifested through obedience and respect. Paul gives us this command in Colossians 3.20 when he says, Children, obey your parents in Everything, and then he tells us why, for this pleases the Lord. In Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, Paul cites the fifth commandment when he writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then he tells us why, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, the idea of obedience, we could sum it up this way. Most of you have heard this before. But the idea of obedience means children should be quick to hear, quick to obey. Quick to hear, quick to obey. I like what the Puritans taught. A child should be the parent's echo. When the father speaks, the child should echo back obedience. But so many times in our culture today, when the father speaks, what is echoed back is disrespect and disobedience. Listen, if something else is echoed back other than obedience, it is something displeasing to the Lord. Honoring my parents as a young child and teen also means respecting them. It's both and. It's not just one or the other. It's obedience and respect. And respect always involves two things. It involves our ears and our mouth. You say, what's that? Well, we show respect to our parents by listening to what they have to say instead of tuning them out. Proverbs 23, 22 says, Listen to your father who gave you your life, and do not despise your mother. Proverbs 13, 1 tells us, A wise son heeds his father's instructions, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And so, the first way we show respect is with our ears, by listening to what they say, instead of tuning them out. But we also show respect with our mouth, by speaking kindly to them and about them. Listen, the number one way children and teens show disrespect to their parents is how they speak to them in the home, in private. And then how they speak about their parents in public with their friends. And teens, if I can exhort you, listen, what you, how you talk about your children away from your parents, don't think God doesn't hear that. He hears everything. And do you realize Jesus says we will be judged, we will be held accountable for every idle word we speak? And of course, in in our culture today, it's even becoming more prevalent to see kids just talk back to their parents, even in public, at the store, at the school, whatever the case may be. Parents, let me, if I can give a word... From my own experience as a father, and I haven't been a father that long. My oldest boy is only 13 years old, so I'm still in this learning process, if you will. And it's like the old thing, Adage says, the older you are as a parent, the more years go by, the less you seem to know as a parent um, in how to raise your kids. But perhaps you're a parent here, and you're wondering to yourself even right now, well, how do I know when to discipline my kids? That is, what attitudes and actions should be disciplined? When should I discipline? What do I discipline them for? Well, let me give you two attitudes and actions that deserve immediate discipline. Disobedience and disrespect. In our household is summarized by the two Ds, the two dirty Ds. Discipline and disrespect. If I can encourage you, parents... Anytime your child displays and shows disobedience and disrespect to you, that's when they need to be disciplined immediately. Deal with it. Don't just brush it off and sweep it under the rug. You're doing your children a disservice. Listen, our boys know, because we've told them over and over again, we will not tolerate, while they're in our house, we will not tolerate direct disobedience. And we will not tolerate disrespect to us as your parents. And that extends to any authority. Man, if Jack gets in trouble on the bus to the bus driver or he's disrespectful to a teacher at school, he's in trouble at home. Disrespect to his mom or to me or direct disobedience, the two double Ds. That is always reason for discipline. And in our house, in our case, Those two things, the discipline is in the form of a spanking. It's just automatic. You willfully disobey, you show disrespect, you're getting a spanking. And the older they get, the more spankings it is. Now, obviously, there's other times where there's more negligence, disobedience. You know, the littler things. We don't necessarily spank them for all those little things. It's more, you know, at this age now, we ground them. Send them to the rooms, ground them from TV, their DS, video games, you you name it. You know, you start losing privileges. But direct disobedience, willful disrespect, man, those are two things that got to be dealt with immediately. And I'm not saying my wife and I are perfect at it. We're far from perfect at it. (laughs) Far from it. But I know this. We try to do our best. And by God's grace, we hope our boys will accept it and learn from it. So that's as a child and a teen. We honor our parents by what, teens? Obeying and respecting. But most of us here, we're out of the house. We're not children. We're not teens in the sense of of, of grade schoolers and high schoolers and whatnot. We are adult children. So, how do I honor my parents in this regard at this stage of life? I honor my parents, number two, by forgiving and not forsaking them. Now, there are many ways we can honor our parents as adult children. We can love them, we accept them, appreciate them, seek their counsel, listen to them, respect them, speak well about them to others. We can affirm our parents as they grow older. And these are all ways we can show honor to our parents. But I want us to focus on two issues that I believe many adults are facing today more than ever, and that is forgiving our parents and not forsaking our parents. Here we come to the heart of the problem. And that is so many adults have been hurt or abused or neglected by one or both of their parents. So how do you honor such a parent when you're an adult child now? How do you honor an alcoholic father? How do you honor a mother who left you? How do you honor parents who neglected you? How do you walk in obedience to this fifth commandment? And the answer is by forgiving your dad and mom or both. Listen, so many of us, we waste years of our lives blaming our parents for all of our problems. But the blame game is a self-destructive game in which you always lose. Why? Because bitterness and resentment always hurts you more than the person you're bitter and resentful against. The truth is, many adults are still carrying bitterness and resentment towards your parents. And when you refuse to forgive your parents, you tend to carry that bitterness and resentment over into your own marriage and family. Thus, dysfunctional patterns are passed down from one generation to the next. Listen, the best thing you can do for yourself and your family is to forgive your parents for the things they did to hurt you. If you don't, those same sins and weaknesses are likely to be repeated, and the bitterness will eat away at you like a cancer. Now, does God want you to honor your parents' sins? Does God want you to honor their weaknesses and the things they did wrong to you? No, that's not what he's saying. But he does want you to honor them in the first place for many of you is to start with forgiveness. Do you realize God gave you your parents for a purpose? Yeah, even the lousy ungodly ones. And he can even take that hurt and turn it around and bring good out of it through your forgiveness. Listen, if you want to do a character study of one of the most dysfunctional families in all the Bible, just study the life of Jacob. Father Jacob and his 12 sons talk about dysfunctionalism to the max. And here, one of the youngest sons, Joseph, at the end of his life, he's still honoring his father, even though his father was so dysfunctional. And was it easy for Joseph? No. No. It, he, he, he went and endured a tremendous amount of grief and pain, and yet, God turned that into good, all through forgiveness. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, and here's the key, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. The fact is, you couldn't honor your parents more than to forgive them. Your parents may be guilt-ridden and full of remorse and regret for the hurt they caused you, or they may be oblivious to your pain. Your parents may recognize that they have miserably felled you, or they may just kind of shrug it off. Nevertheless, forgiveness is powerful. Listen, it will change you, first and foremost, and God could use it to even change them. The second issue many adults are facing today, the first one is forgiveness, the second one is caring for our parents, not forsaking them, especially since we are living in an aging population who are increasingly in need of care, but according to recent surveys, barely half of Americans believe that children have a responsibility to care for their elderly parents, When Jesus saw some of the Pharisees refusing to provide for their parents in old age, he accused them of violating the fifth commandment. Instead of taking care of their parents, you know what the Pharisees were doing? They were taking their parents' money and pocketing it for themselves, using it for themselves, and then telling everybody that they had dedicated some of that money to God. But the Bible teaches that the way we treat our elderly parents is a demonstration of our true faith, of whether we're really a Christian or not. In fact, you could go to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and in verse 4, Paul talks about how we are to care for our elderly parents. And then in verse 8, he summarizes it all, and he says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Listen, it's our responsibility to make sure our parents get the physical, medical, spiritual, and emotional care they need in life. This is the cycle of the family. Think about it with me. As time passes, the roles reverse. And now that we have, our, in our culture and society, people are living longer, more than ever, it's really reversing. When you were born, what did your parents do for you? It's my dad likes to tease us boys. Todd, I wiped your butt when you were a baby. I expect you to wipe mine when I get old. <laughs> and that pretty much sums it up. I know that's a little crude, but I'm telling you, that's the truth. And that's the reality for some of you with aging parents. Listen, our parents... For most of us, it doesn't always happen this way because some parents neglect their responsibilities to physically care for their children. But for most of us here, our parents cared for us, they nurtured us, they provided for us. And as our parents get older, we are to reverse the roles. And we may have to be put in a position where we do the same for them. And many of you are already doing that. I was just talking to Ralph here before the service and Sherry went home over Memorial Day weekend. Her father's already died, passed away, but her mom is still living. She needs her care. I think of my own wife and Donna, who gives a tremendous amount of care to their aging parents. And many of you are in the same situation. That is a way we honor our mothers and fathers. To honor our father and mother by caring for them instead of forsaking them is to honor God. For the Bible says in Leviticus 19.32, You shall stand before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. And and, and remember this, in caring for your parents, do you realize you are following the example of Jesus Christ? Remember when Jesus was dying on the cross? He looks down at his mother, and then he looks down at the disciple John. And he takes time while he's dying for the sins of the world to make sure that his mother is cared for when he speaks to John. Now let me just add a little side note here. Now is the time to honor your parents. Honor them now before it's too late. Proverbs 27 or 327 says do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act listen don't don't wait till your parents die and you're at their funeral to share your heart about your mom and dad that's what happens so many times it takes a death of a parent and we come to a funeral service and believe me as a pastor i've seen this happen enough times And then we speak eloquently about our parents. We share our heart about them. While the dad or the mom is in a casket and doesn't hear a word of it. It does them no good. Now, it may be good for you to kind of get that off your chest and share your heart, and it's good for the audience, but folks, listen to me. Giving your parents flowers at a funeral is a waste of time, in a sense, for them. If you're going to send flowers, give them to them now. And the idea is make the most of the opportunity to honor your mom and dad now before it's too late. Share with them. Honor them. Care for them. And, of course, all these things goes beyond the forgiveness issue and not forsaking issue. So just how serious is God about honoring our parents? Well, God's not fooling around about this. Leviticus 29 says, For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. Now, aren't you glad that we're not part of the nation of Israel at that time? We don't uphold this law because we're not in the nation of Israel. Proverbs thirty seventeen says, The eye that mocks a father, and I love this proverb here, that scorns obedience to a mother, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. In other words, that proverb is saying, how you honor your parents is how you will be honored in death. How you dishonor your parents is how you will be dishonored in death. These are serious words. In other words, God's not kidding when he says, honor your father and mother. And those who take this commandment lightly will live to regret it. So why is God so serious about honoring our parents? Notice this in your notes. Because the way you respond to your parents is the way you are likely to respond to God. That's why he takes it so serious. If you are angry and bitter and hostile towards your parents, listen, you are likely to be angry and bitter toward God. But if you honor your parents, regardless of their faults, you are likely to honor God with your life. Now, when we put this commandment into practice... When we honor God by fulfilling our role as parents and by honoring our parents as children, then God grants us blessings. There are rewards. Notice this, number three, parents and children, enjoy your reward for obeying God. First of all, to you parents, you will enjoy the privilege of being honored in life. That's your reward. When parents are honorable by fulfilling their role, then they greatly increase the likelihood of being honored by their children in life. Now, it's not a guarantee. It's not an absolute promise, in a sense. But what parent doesn't want to be honored by their children? Every parent does. And that's one of the greatest rewards a parent could ever receive, is to be honored by their children. And so parents... Man, fulfill your role as a parent, and you increase, greatly increase the likelihood that your children will honor you as you grow older. For children, here's your reward. You will enjoy the promise of living an abundant life. Now, let me explain what this means briefly here. The expression, live long in the land, that is a Hebrew phrase for the fullness of God's blessing. In other words, it means to have an abundant life. This is confirmed in Ephesians 6, 2, and 3 when it says, Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. In other words, anyone who wants to enjoy a long and abundant life should honor his father and mother. Now, does that necessarily guarantee that you will live to be 90 years old? No. And does that mean if, you, if God takes your life when you're age 26, that you broke the fifth commandment? That's not the idea here. It's a principle. It's, it's, it's the idea that while you're living, God may grant you long life, extended years, and you will enjoy the life that you have here on earth. Why? Because one, you're free from the chaotic conflict and tension in your heart because you don't have a relationship with your parents. You're free from the anxiety and the bitterness because you have forgiven your parents for their faults and failures. That is part of the abundant life here that God is talking about. And so if you want to enjoy an abundant life, then honor your parents. Now I want to close with a word to those who are orphan children and abandoned parents. Because the reality is in our day and age, more than ever we have orphaned children and abandoned parents parents in our churches in society and God doesn't ignore you God extends his hope and his grace to you and he does so by giving you his church the body of Christ look at this in your notes God has given you the church the eternal family of God where there are no orphan children or abandoned parents as a place of hope and healing Listen, sometimes children find themselves as spiritual orphans in life because they grow up with unbelieving parents. And sometimes parents find themselves abandoned by unfaithful children. But listen, God doesn't ignore all this. God is gracious, and by the saving work of His Spirit, He adopts orphaned children and abandoned parents into the best and most important family of all, and that is the family of God. The Bible gives every child of God this precious promise in Psalm 27.10. It says, For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. We could also rephrase it this way, For my children have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Listen, the church Get this, it's God's eternal family. And do you realize God's family is going to far outlast our physical families? And through faith in Jesus Christ, you can be a part of God's family that will never break up because it's going to be together for eternity. Listen, in God's family, you can find unconditional love In the heavenly father and you can find comfort and care in the body of christ are you part of the family of god have you put your faith and trust in jesus christ and been adopted by god into the most important family that will last for eternity with your heads bowed and as we pray and close out this service Perhaps this message has been a little painful for some of you. But listen, I want you to know God sees and understands your pain. And I invite you to ask God to help you. And in your heart, you can cry out to God simple words such as, God, help me to let go of the hurt and the bitterness. Help me to forgive. Help me to begin to accept and appreciate and affirm the good parts of my parents. Help me to forge a new positive relationship if possible but perhaps there are some parents who are here and they just they they just need to come to God and ask his help to be honorable parents by fulfilling their role and let me encourage you in your heart to pray God I need your grace I need your power and your help to disciple and discipline my children help me in leading my children to know you and serve you Help me, first of all, to set that example. Let me encourage you, whatever the case may be, to go to the Lord in prayer. The praise team's going to sing just one verse. And while they do, let me encourage you, use this time to go to God and seek out His grace.
0: Oh, sovereign.